0: Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. (coughs) Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Command Center. Really, this is really a command center. Uh, And uh, we are are hunkered down here in the uh, piney woods of north central Florida. In an undisclosed location. And uh, we like to keep it that way. We've got a great support team around us that uh, handles everything that we display to you. And uh, we're proud to have you joining us on the show as frequently as you do. Some join regularly, some watch er other times during the day. Uh, We post right away as soon as we can on some other outlets. I believe it goes to Spotify, it goes to Apple Podcasts, it goes to, uh, of course, out to thewardscottfiles.com. Uh, website right away where we keep a lot of information uh, on record, kind of a library of things that have been uh, uh, interesting over the time as we broadcast. The um, stories just keep coming. I I always, when we finish a show, I think, well, you know, what are we going to do tomorrow? And then something breaks and we're off to the races again. And um, it always seems to sort itself out, though, along the lines of of, um, well, sensible behavior and kind of uh, off the wall behavior. And uh, and I keep an objective mind as much as I can uh, because I'm a professor. So it's sort of, um, uh, you know, trained myself to do that. And we keep our lines open. And of course we have um, uh, the Melvin Law Hotline, 352-325-3938, one of our great sponsors. and uh, we keep an eye on what's coming across the computer. And uh, we've got a great, a great production team. So um, we're always in the business, of course, of looking for more support. And um, we're working on that right now. Uh, we've got a position out there that gets, um, oh, I keep losing the numbers. Let me write them down. Production is gonna tell me or hold fingers up how many people look at the mugshots shots every, every month. Um, about 30,000 people a month uh, go to our mugshot uh, post on the wardscottfiles.com. And we got a spot for a sponsor there, which really gives you a lot of exposure. So we're going to keep that open. I think we've got a couple of candidates for it, but it's not a done deal yet. Um, but boy, you want some exposure. About 30,000 shots. Uh, looks a, a month at, the, at those mugshots. People are very interested in what's going on in the criminal world and their world because the two exist practically side by side. And I want to get into that a little bit in, here in just a moment. Uh, for example, um, the gun violence um, in Alachua County where, where we're broadcasting from um, is um, – really been escalating, escalating, escalating this last year. Uh, there's an article out on the USA Today Network, which the local paper here, the Gainesville Sun, is a member of now. Uh, there's really no local stuff. It's all part of a big network, I guess, because I think the print media is um, having some problems with the speed at which we can convey information and news over the internet on shows like this. So, um, there is a place for them, I suppose, but it's less and less of a, an important player day by day place because they're too slow. Uh, by the time they can set up the type and print the thing and distribute it and however they want to do it, uh, it's just too slow. So they have gradually gone over to more and more of the internet world, uh, to stay alive. And, um, They too are having problems in the print world selling advertising. And um, some people have told me if it were not for uh, the political postings that have to take place in hard copy print, when a a zoning change is coming or something of that nature, print papers would go out of business, particularly the small so-called small town papers, uh, which really uh, maybe come out weekly But during that uh, uh, edition, they publish anything that might need advertising publicly uh, in order for there to be an ordinance change or some policy change in their community. So uh, these uh, issues are being taken up by programs like this. And programs like this, there's not a lot of room on radio for us because uh, radio is really uh, tightly controlled, FCC-regulated. Uh, outfit, and uh, the big towers, big money. Uh, we almost had uh, some buyers buy a radio station here recently, primarily to put the Ward Scott files on, uh, but um, the deal became prohibitive in that uh, uh, the easy thing for them to do was to switch to music or Muzak or canned material that you get off of a network or something. So it's very difficult to get the original voice of someone like yours truly, who interprets or shares or uh, tries to keep you not only informed but educated, and at the same time, uh, seek out your opinion uh, on live chats as we watch you on the Facebook posts, which is also becoming tenuous because there's a tremendous amount of censorship going on with Facebook and even YouTube. And um, this is... uh, 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 something which they have a uh, hold all the cards. And um, nobody seems to be able to rein them in. They've had Zuckerberg over at uh, Congress and he's kind of given them the international fighter pilot salute. Uh, hear tell he's changed the name of uh, Facebook to Metaverse, something of that nature. Um, so uh, we're just trying to keep a note in a bottle uh, going out from the island we're on uh, that would uh, get you in- information and also a uh, have a discussion and have some sort of rapport with you. Now, just to give you an update on something that did appear recently here in the paper, uh, is that of, of, uh, the 2021 for this area was an increase in gun violence. This doesn't surprise us in the least. And there are a number of factors, in my humble opinion, which have contributed to the increase in gun violence. And the number one thing I would say is the breakdown of the family. I think that these, uh, and primarily the gun violence is black. And I'll just tell you how it is. You can refute me if you want to. Uh, go ahead, be my guest. But uh, it's primarily teenage black gangs, and it's all around the the, uh, the uh, drug trade and territorial, you know, acquisitions and brawls and betrayals and all that. You have to realize that in uh, the uh, drug business or any illegal crime business. Um, but let's focus on the drug business. Um, nothing can be written down. Uh, you cannot write down and codify and take through the courthouse rules and regulations that civilized people uh, perform under. Uh, that's what the courthouse is for. That's what civilization is for. Uh, we're not dealing with civilization here. We're, de- we're dealing with a crime culture. And a crime culture cannot write things down and the way i learned this was by talking to a psychologist who studies how gangs select their leaders and it's a very was a very interesting discussion for yours truly therefore it's got to be interesting for you and because I, I learned in teaching a long time ago that which interests the teacher uh the foam off of it, the teacher's interest if you will if you see a big glass of um, let's say beer and um Uh, The foam off of it is what you will get to taste off of the excitement I have of learning. You get to residual learning from it. Um, But I learned in talking to this psychologist who had studied how gangs choose their leaders because nothing can be written down. And it has to all be uh, some sort of uh, recognition by ritual. And the penalty for uh, betrayal is death. And, and, um, and that's why I think you see a lot of things going on here involving guns. They're, no, they're not playing. And, and the reason the penalty is so severe is that the trust is so high. If you become the leader, all you have is your word. Uh, we pr- try to protect our word on the show. Uh, I think people still come back because they know I don't have any ulterior motive here with the show. I'm not running for office, I'm not endorsing uh, any particular candidate without telling you I am and why. In other words, it's transparent and you can reject it or you can modify it or you can do what you'd like to with it. But in the gang world, much of the same applies in that the leader has to be trustworthy and the trust is interesting the way it works. For example, if uh, I'm the gang leader And uh, let's say my production uh, guy, whom I'm looking at on the other screen, whom you can't see, is the law. And the law comes to me and asks me, uh, uh, do you have um, anybody that you're uh, shielding? Uh, Make the question simple. And I say, no, have I lied? Well, in the world of honesty, I haven't lied. And let me tell you where this comes into play in something you all may relate to. Uh, The Germans had the very same problem. Those Germans who were sympathetic to the Jewish people, whom the Nazis were coming to kill, often shielded those Jewish people. And so if they got a knock on the door from the Nazis and to the German household, and the Nazis said, are you shielding any Jews here? Uh, The homeowner could say in complete honesty, no, I'm not because the homeowner's loyalty to the truth lay with the person he or she was shielded, the homeowner was shielding. In other words, my highest commitment is to you whom I'm protecting, it's not to the cops. So this was a very interesting discussion um, that uh, uh, if I'm committed to protecting, in this case, the story I'm telling you, the Jewish people, And the Nazis come and ask, I I may lie with impunity. Uh, Short of having some sort of lie detector on me, I'm going to lie with a straight face and uh, say no and hit the road, Nazis. And then I'm going to go up to the Anne Frank or whoever it is. I'm going to say they're gone. You can come out now. Well, the same is with the gang leader of these gangs. Even these young kids, 13, 14, 15, the leader is being selected because the leader won't betray the gang. Um, and and when the leader does, it's understood the gang can take him out. Now, therefore, integrity, this is an irony, integrity is the highest value in gang land behavior because (laughs) we can't write anything down. We can't go to a court. We can't go hire a lawyer. We can't do any of the things that civilized people can do. And so a gang selects its leader by how well the leader can lie, <clears throat> which I think is a very interesting dynamic. Let me have a couple off of off here. <clears throat> and uh, one which I learned from talking to the psychologist who was studying gang behavior and how in particular they selected their leader. So, <clears throat> In the county here, the gun violence has gotten higher and higher, which tells me the proliferation of gangs has gotten higher and higher, which if you start working backwards in these syllogisms tells me the family unit is breaking down and <clears throat> schools are breaking down and the gangs are becoming the family. Um, and I, I tell you a very fine book that you can read about this uh, in terms of Eastern Europe behavior of uh, gypsy boys during World War II is The Painted Bird by Jerzy Koczynski. Jerzy Koczynski was a Polish Jew who survived by going to the countryside and living with villagers as the Nazis look for. People forget that the Nazis not only looked for Jews, but they also looked for gypsies. They were trying to purify the Aryan race, the white race, And The Painted Bird by Jerzy Kaczynski is a a fantastic work. And let me tell you the history of this work. I, I, I came across this very early in my teaching career at Santa Fe College. And I taught that, and it's a horrific look at the violence in Europe during the war that took place in the villages. And one day I got a call from the vice president of the college in terms of academics, for me to come down and talk to him. He was actually a very good friend of mine. But he said that they had gotten complaints that I was teaching the painted bird and that it was too violent for the students to uh, be exposed to. And therefore, would I remove the painted bird from my classroom reading list? And I said, absolutely not. And we had a doggone come, uh, come to Jesus meeting there. I'll never forget it. Uh, This is when we're over in the old Buholtz building that's now destroyed. It's where the 720 building was, where the doctors uh, later, across from the Leonardo 706, stood this old building, where we started Santa Fe College's West Campus. And I told the vice president straight up, listen, dude, hit the road, Jack. Uh, I'm not doing that for any local yokel out in the countryside. You know, we're trying to conduct these conversations on the highest level we can conduct them. And so I taught The Painted Bird, and I recommend you go read The Painted Bird by Yerzy Kozinski, K-O-Z-I-N-S-K-I. And uh, uh, in that, we learn that it doesn't take much for you to be the object of suspicion. Uh, The gypsy boy was the object of suspicion because he had almond eyes. And almond eyes were thought to be a peculiarity of uh, the gypsy race, which was a race. Uh, for example, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when you take a look at, quote unquote, what is the Negro race, which is a, the only term anthropologically, which actually applies, you'll see the eyes are all brown. And if you, if you, you know, one of the things that the, uh, uh, if you, if you see a, a, a blue eyed, uh, dark skinned person, you're seeing a real exceptional person. Uh, we used to have a Miss America who had those features and uh, um, my, my golly, I'm getting getting over the hill. I can't remember her name now, but she was Miss America and uh, she was a, a quote unquote Negro race, but had blue eyes. Um, so um, uh, the, the the little thing can mark you in the Cameron Rouge. It was the it was the uh, calluses on your hand. And if you had no calluses, they killed you because they thought you were uh, the working man, I mean, the the intellectual who was doing the country in at the the expense of the working man. Uh, And so they made their decisions, whether you lived or died on the basis of looking at the palms of your hands. So um, this violence, I think is increasing among these young teenagers because they are looking ironically for family. And the family is their unit of kids their age. This happens in the painted bird. Exactly what happens, only it happens with gypsies rather than uh, the black kids in our culture, uh, which is not a very good name because they're they're black people who are not Negro. But anyway, that's the way we've adopted the language for political reasons, basically. Uh, If you go back and look at Martin Luther King, he uses the term Negro. Um, But be that as it may, The kids start banding together in gangs uh, in the painted bird in order to survive, in order to make money, in order to uh, you know have have some place to for 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 shelter and strength. And that's what's happened here in Alachua County. I don't care about the Tony Jones conversations and all this crap about how oh we're all going to go down and talk to this and that and one thing. No, you're not. It's not going to make a damn bit of difference. What's going to matter is if you can put the family back together and in that culture teach men to be responsible for the behavior. But the men will only behave if the women make them behave. All male behavior begins with the morality of the woman. That's, that's, That's basically why Eve is the source of our problems in the mythological Garden of Eden. Eve betrays us and we all get evicted. The male didn't, the female did. And because the female did, we have original sin. And it's made up for by the mother Mary. The mother Mary gives birth to the Holy Son. And that is to give us a choice. God finally gave up punishing us for that mistake and disobeying him and listening and learning about evil. And you know, and so finally he said I'm being too hard on my creation, I will I will bring you a, a a son that if you believe in everything will be fine. Well, this is not just my Sunday school lesson. This is the mythology that builds the values of a culture. Now, if you talk to the black folk that I know in the countryside primarily, not the city so much, uh, they are very spiritual, they're very Christian, and they will tell me over the fence line as we lean over and talk to each other, um, and, and then we work together in the countryside, uh, we share tractors, we share you know, each, each other, we worry about each other, we have each other's numbers. Um, they will tell you that they have lost this young generation, that it is gone. And, and uh, they, don't, they pray about it, but they can't get them back because the family is gone. And primarily the family is gone because the women make the choice about the men, and the thinking is that the women like and are attracted to bad men. Hence, all this tattoo business all over the males, which is a way of showing the female, hey, I'm a rough dude, therefore, uh, you may be safe around me. You may be uh, better off with me, in, in even in my uh, my form that I'm in, than without me. So, <clears throat> This is a very complicated situation that I know a lot about, A, because I'm pretty darn smart, and B, because I'm a research guy, and C, I have smart, smart friends whom I discuss these matters with, and we get to the bottom as best we can. I have given many of my students advice when they ask me what's the best thing they can do with their brains. I said, you go hang out with smart people. And preferably hang out with people smarter than you if they'll let you. And you sit there and soak up everything they have got to say if they'll let you listen. And you try to get to the place where you can talk to them. Initially, when I would do this, and it was always the best professors I could find, I not only didn't know the answer to the question, I couldn't even pose the question to them because I just wasn't on their level. And my goal was to begin as far as I could get down the road they got down. And when I got down that road, I realized they'd gotten down that road because before them had gone great teachers. And there's two ways to be taught, informally and formally. And a lot of it is informal. That is to say, outside the formal structure of the educational institutions, because the formal structure has become corrupted. Almost now, ironically, to get an education, you have to go outside or off the campus, and, fi- and we used to do it in my day, and they were called beer halls, and we would go to these places, and we would have what was called rap sessions, and I would be in there with older people, older students, who were upper-class people, listening, and in those days, it was about uh, Korea, it was about, because uh, this was the early 60s, I'd come out of military school, but I mostly listened, and <clears throat> it was a uh, You know, after a while, I worked my way up to where I could actually talk and be listened to. So, I mean, that's the type of thing. So this whole downtown shooting business that's going on here and this uh, gang violence, you go take a look at the neighborhoods. They're Section 8 housing for the most part. Uh, They're subsidized because um, the people in there have thumbed their nose for whatever reason, had family responsibility and it's not 100% minority, but it's pretty darn close. And you go take a look at uh, the, uh, the guidance and the mentorship, and it's absent. And, you know, the cops, you know, are not going to go down there and set the example. I'm sorry, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, the, the shooting victims, um, uh, you know, have gone up. The deaths have gone up. And the leakage, what I call the leakage, leaking out of the area uh, where it's actually started, uh, we have had a situation which I reported to you uh, uh, because I'm on Crime Stoppers board. I, I just sort of took an interest in it. Um, that you, you're you're not aware all the time of the tremendous violence that's right next door or right standing next to you in the checkout line. And I told you about the uh, the criminal who made his way to Dillard's the other day and had um been chased and this and that and one thing another very dangerous person. Um this sort of violence is going on um I, I know Derry Lloyd I, I don't have any confidence in Derry Lloyd. Um you know I, I I'm sorry you know I, I, I'm sorry. I, I know these guys I I know them extremely well. You know I mean I, I just I don't get it. Um they're, they're not effective. I'm sorry. Um, the, 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 the district attorney right now is one of my former students, comes from a good family. I know him very well. You would too. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're going to make, they're not going to make any difference. Uh, in fact, they might even do more harm. And I'll tell you why I think they may do more harm. Um, I've got a, just one, uh, uh, study here that I've come up with in my research. Um, um, let's go to Texas. <clears throat> And uh, take a look at an AP article here (coughs) that there are more than 150 uh, murders, killings in Texas County by suspects who are out on bond for previous capital murder charges. Uh, Let me take a coffee on that because it blows your mind, does it not? Now, if you talk to the cops, they'll, they'll tell you, they'll tell you it's the courts. And if you talk to the courts, they'll tell you they're trying to give the kid a chance. Well, I've never seen a kid you gave a chance to who you didn't take advantage of. Uh, So just in the Texas county, and I want to come into this because, I mean, we're, we're in the same boat. We just don't have the AP story. We're in the same boat. And I've got law enforcement guys watching right now. I know they're frustrated. They do the work. I hear about it on Crime Stoppers. One of the first questions I always ask, you know, we'll go get a bad guy and uh, we'll go, you know, all sorts of danger to the guys who are getting him. And I always ask how long was his rap sheet and how soon is he out? Or is he out now? Because there's a time lag by the time that the actual arrest takes place and the request for a tip reward gets to us. Could be as much as a month, maybe even more. And uh, by then, the guys out carrying on business as usual. It's very frustrating. Um, but um, uh, uh, I'm going just want to race through this article a little bit with you uh, by Mike Miller, AP reporter. Uh, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the 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 frustration of the public over suspects that are out on bond for previous murder charges. And they're just focusing on one county in Texas, which is Harris County, where Houston's located. Um, As reported, they have a Fox station there. There are no fewer than 113 defendants charged with capital murder, and they have inexplicably been granted bond and released back onto the city streets pending trial. Huh? And why? Is it racism? Political correctness? Is it Black Lives Matter threatening people and marching in the streets? Our own previous sheriff, Darnell, marched in the streets in sympathy with Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter is trying to take the cops out. Um, According to Fox 26 out there in Houston, Texas, more than 50,000 accused felons in Harris County have benefited from what uh, the cops themselves are calling catch and release. Uh, They're calling it a philosophy of left-wing driven criminal justice, which has been uh, expanded by a crop of Democratic reform judges. You know, it's not a well-known, but Biden has appointed more judges already than Trump did. Biden is busy putting these kind of judges in the, in the, in the courthouses. Um, so um, uh, they tried to fi- get a comment from Kamala Harris about this, and quote-unquote, she was unavailable for comment. Um, they have a Crime Stoppers in Houston, um, and 155 people, according to the Crime Stoppers in Houston, have lost their lives as a re- direct result of these convicted murderers being out Waiting trial. Um, This is a trend uh, that has been increasingly uh, significant in terms of anxiety for people. Uh, As as I said, you can be in the checkout line, and the person standing next to you is carrying a gun and is uh, a convicted felon and has no business being there, and is waiting trial and has got a gun. So. Uh, One of the things that they discovered in Harris County is while they were looking at 407 capital murder charges um, filed between 2016 and 2021, um, the records showed that 113 or 28 percent of those suspects were released on bond. And of those out on the street, 27 percent got arrested for another crime. Come on. This is a profession. Crime is a profession. And it's paying better and better. We even got smash and grab crime now. So uh, guys out on capital murder bonds have no fear. So they're already saying, what the hell if I'm caught? I'm already on bond for murder. What have I got to lose? Now, this is according to this, this analysis by AP, directly related to a democratic controlled society that is saying to violent criminals, and I've heard Hutchison say it when he was on the county commission, oh, we got to stop arresting these people for uh, drug charges. Is he nuts? It's not the drug, it's the gang activity that markets the drug. Uh, yeah, he's nuts. So, um, and he was always complaining to the sheriff that, that the sheriff was spending too much money on putting people in the jug. So, um, you know, this Democrat society ha- has been um, um, n- noting uh, and it's got it's got people like now it's got stirred up. For example, LeBron James. I don't think LeBron James. I know he didn't go to college. He may not even ever have gone to class in high school, but he's now become one of the big mouths. And and um, he he is trying to uh, excuse recidivism among violent criminals. Um So the real pandemic of violent crime, according to the AP article here that's sweeping America, is that Democrat lawmakers all but champion the violent criminals and they call their protests peaceful protesters and they um, uh, talk about root causes. In other words, well, the root cause of the attitude of the kid who killed the other kid is really uh, goes back to the 1619 project, you know, crap like this. Um so uh there you are the right now the poster child for this kind of crap is none other than Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot and um she and her quote unquote windy city has according to the AP analysis here just a horrific staggering murder rate and it's black on black gang crime. Okay? We'll take a break. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about things that meet my uh, fancy. And therefore, since uh, you see me in my mind working on this stuff, hopefully you get a little bit of the froth from it. And it's worth tuning in and listening to. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. And we'll play a few ditties for you to expand our sponsorship recognition. I'm sure uh, you'll have a a funny little time here with our production doing that. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large Enough to Serve You, Small Enough to Care. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are On The Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Tung ag tung. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much schnell! Ken Cornell Known as the thin Skin water boy Ken Cornell Known as Mini Mike Ken Cornell wears elevator shoes. Ken Cornell, he just wants to be like. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here. You may reach me uh, by secret message at 352-325-3938 or have a discussion here on the um, Facebook post, which I watch and um, <clears throat> seeing some interesting things going on here and I always share the show. Uh, a lot of people don't watch it live at this moment. They're doing other things, but they do watch it and pick it up later on several of the outlets we have, which is YouTube, words, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we're trying to get the word out, trying to get the notes in the bottles, get them out. <clears throat> and, um, This crime thing is such an interesting thing to people. Uh, We have about 35,000 viewers a month of the wardscottfiles.com website. And about 20,000 are people looking at the mugshots. People are very, very, and we have a place there to sell an ad for that spot. I think I've got it sold, but that is a really hot spot for your business. If you want your business to be seen by thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, and your advertisement, you want that spot. And I think we're selling for about 400 bucks a month. I have to check. But man, you get a return on that because there are people watching that baby every day, all day long. And um, I learn a lot. I check it every day. I mean, I look at it and see it. And uh, um, and it's one of the few places uh, that you can take a look at. It's also published by Lotro Chronicle. Um, the sheriff's office doesn't put it out, nor does the newspaper. So you only got a couple of places to look at it. But uh, we'll sell that spot, <clears throat> and uh, we, I think we're going to be able to do that. I haven't really worked on it, but that's, that's where we're going. I want to give a, a – you know, I'm not into the sales end of this stuff too much. Uh, I'm into the information end of it. But every once in a while, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I'd like to do this, like to do that. And so I want to follow up with them. Um, I want to follow up a little bit with this woman who slapped the old, the old man on the uh, – um, popped him on, on the plane. Turns out that she really is a basket case. And this is one of the things that, that is in the shadows of criminal behavior. Here's a woman who really is mentally wrong. There's something, and there's a record now coming out about her. And she's been a real problem for quite a while. She's 51 years old. Um, she had a problem in Santa Rosa Beach uh, on November 10th, according to the police records there. She was aggressive with the officers and nasty. I had a potty mouth. And um, up in Walton County, and uh, she refused to exit the vehicle or give them her name. Um, She ran into a tree. (coughs) So once they stopped her, uh, she tried to fight the cops. And uh, at that point, they had to (coughs) detain her for her safety and for the cops' safety. So uh, the cops said they had been called to the scene by a tow truck driver, who had responded to the crash trying to give her some assistance and realized that he was getting a mouthful too. Um, and, uh, the tow truck driver told the cops that when he got there, she was in the driver's seat trying to reverse the vehicle and drive away. Um, and you know, when they got there, of course, she had the booze breath and all the other stuff. Um, something's bothering. She had slurred speech. Um, she would not take the breathalyzer. This is a woman who wouldn't comply with the cops. And, you know, every time you find out that somebody got plugged or tased or should have been uh, tased and got plugged and all this stuff, is that they didn't comply. And, you know, they're acting nuts and you've got to somehow get in, under control. And the more they escalate their noncompliance, the more dangerous it becomes for them. Uh, so she refused to take the breathalyzer in that incident. She re- she failed the sobriety test. Um she was um, arrested on a charge of driving under the influence and careless driving. Uh, she was also had been previously arrested in L.A. and pled no contest. She'd been uh, un- uh, under, the, under the influence of the whiskey there. And she was sentenced to 36 months of summary probation in order to complete 100 hours of community service. Um, she also out there in L.A. had to enroll in and complete a three-month first offender alcohol and drug education counseling program. Ha, a lot of dang good that did, right? Huh? Uh, the same month as the Los Angeles arrest, uh, her sister-in-law, Monica Cummings, filed a domestic violence protection against this woman, according to the court records. Uh, she has This woman uh, has a history, it turns out, a violent outburst and destructive and erratic behavior. Um, she has threatened uh, uh, her sister-in-law and, and and said, "You're dead." Uh, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. Now, now, that's when you start <clears throat> getting uh, you start calling for the Lone Ranger, or somebody uh, to come in and, and and deal with this before things get out of hand. Um, she's uh, she's been a complete pain in the rear. Uh, she has bipolar tendencies and paranoia. Her family has said, and uh, uh, I don't know how in the hell she got on the plane and walked down the aisle, but it broke loose on her there on that plane. Um, uh, and, and, you know, my, the thing I took away from this, <clears throat> you know, I had a friend, I think I told you this story, who he was a great golfer. That's how I met him. Uh, he was on a golf scholarship and he was from Westchester, New York. And, and so I, one summer I went home with him. His dad was a CEO of Arnold Bread. Okay. I mean, a big, big shot, real big shot. <clears throat> and lived in Westchester, New York. I went home with him one time. And you know, from Westchester, my buddy and I would take the train in to New York. And we'd go around New York. But his dad would always tell us before we launch off for New York City: don't get involved. Whatever is going on you see in New York, and you're liable to see anything, don't get involved. Number one, don't get involved. Well, that lesson's always stuck with me. When this woman sat down in the back of that airplane and, and lipped off to the stewardess and said, what do you think I am, Rosa Parks? And the older gentleman turned around and said, hey, this isn't a bus. He should have kept his mouth shut. Because she's nuts, you know? You never, ever, a sane person never engages a nut person because the nut person will make you nutty before you'll make the nutty person sane. I mean, that's just a rule of life. And so uh there you are. She's she's got a big history of being a nutcase. Um she's out on the road, out on the street, out on the plane. God knows what she's doing. But I'm gonna guarantee you that um the world knows about her now. This is one of the most widely publicized, viral, whatever you want to call it, uh videos that's been going on recently. Um so uh, she's been taken into custody the last we heard by the FBI. I don't know what they do with her. If it's the worst case scenario, they're going to turn her loose and let her go back out on the road and be as crazy as she's ever been all over again somewhere else. Um, the, uh, the other thing that I, I got to, that I got to share with you is we're going to show you a, a video now. Uh, and I'm going to talk about COVID a little bit. And, uh, you know, way back when, if you recall, if you've been watching the Ward Scott Files for a while, I caught a lot of grief from the conservatives well, when I, when I said, listen, sooner or later, there's going to be two classes of citizens, right? Uh, and the class of citizens that are unvaccinated are going to be ostracized by the class of citizens who are vaccinated. And everybody said, oh, my God, you're not, you're not a real conservative. You're not a real, you're not, eh, eh. you know, and they started griping. I can tell you the names of the people. I'm not going to do it in this community who got on me about that. I said, listen, it's just a statement. Of, it's just an observation. I'm going to tell you it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And that's just the way it works. I mean, that's the way human nature is. When there becomes a predominance of people who are vaccinated and there's a, that bunch that isn't, uh, the vaccinated are not going to want the unvaccinated around them. So this has really come home uh, to New York City. We're going to run that video uh, if, if uh, production gives me the high sign. We'll probably run it a couple of times. But this, this is a family. In a New York restaurant, and the cops were throwing them out because they're not vaccinated. You just pay the same as you can't serve. Otherwise, if you're not going to patron, you know, you have the, uh, the card. i know not serving. But you don't have it, then you're going to have to leave. And if not, regular beer please. No, no, just have You're not going to stay here. No. Yeah. You have to leave okay? Alright? You came in with a jacket? have to leave. leave. Wow. Scaring a child. Traumatizing a child. Hope you feel good about yourself, NYPD. This is disgusting. This is gross. You guys failed us last night. You failed us last night. You all failed us. We're here for you and your kids. Disgraceful. You failed. You failed yourself, NYPD. You failed yourself. Is this what you signed up for? Is this what justice looks like for you? Is this what you dreamed of when you wanted to be a cop? You're okay. okay. uh, okay. okay. used to You're to okay. it. You're used to You're to to You're to to are to Alright, so unless you have vaccination cards, alright, you have to exit the uh, restaurant. Alright? If you leave voluntarily, alright, you will not be pressed there not charges pressed against you. Otherwise you will be arrested for trespass. Alright? This will be your only warning, please Yeah, a child a child crying is funny, right for you? Alright, welcome back live here just for a minute with Professor Ward Scott and we'll comment on what we just showed you and we're gonna show it to you again. Uh, I've got a little experience with the NYPD. Uh, when I go to the U.S. Open, uh, the NYPD heavily guards the U.S. Open. And across the street, of course, is the Mets uh, baseball field. So that whole area is, uh, during U.S. Open, heavily guarded by the NYPD, whom uh, I get to know pretty well because I come and go uh, um, from the U.S. Open several times a day often. Um, and they're all there. They're very conversational. And I've known a couple of friends of mine who are re- retired NYPD, okay? So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what I know about NYPD. NYPD is a special breed of cop. Uh, Generally speaking, I will tell you that it's not uh, unlikely that they don't have, they haven't come from a cop family. NYPD cops tend to be from cop families. Their daddy was a cop, their granddaddy was a cop, and they're a cop. And the reason is they know the city so well. Uh, the city is a complicated tangle of places, little cities, if you will, inside the big city. Uh, they know their way around. And New York is a very, very intense place to be. And they are really characters who adjust into that very, very well. Now, <clears throat> they have to juggle their uh, behavior against, of course, a liberal government. I'll just give you one detail that you don't know much about but it is the poundage on their trigger pull. Now, when we go to the range, if we're shooting targets and we wanna be pretty accurate, we'll modify our trigger pull down to maybe two pounds. Okay, so all you have to do is touch it. And I've got one of my friends watching, he can correct me if I've got the poundage off a little bit here. But what we do is we modify that trigger pull down. And so boy, all, 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 all you almost have to do is breathe on it. Because one of the inaccuracies in firing your weapon is involved in the trigger pull because as you pull the trigger, you are moving uh, the of the into the barrel. Okay, if you're not entirely, entirely disciplined, and you know it takes a lot of practice and a very, very smooth weapon um, to do that with. So the trigger pull has been monkeyed with, if you will, for police departments. I think the trigger pull here for GPD is up around five or six pounds. And the reason is, it makes it more difficult to have an accidental discharge for one thing, which is rare, but it also, it really, really puts you at a disadvantage in a shootout. If the other guy's packing and he's got a trigger pull that's much lighter, you're at a disadvantage because you're gonna have to exert more pressure to pull that trigger. And as you exert more pressure, you're going to tend to move the end uh, uh, away from the target. you. So the New York police, I am told by my buddies at the gun range who know these guys uh, through conversations or whatever, the, the gun uh, grapevine, have a 10-pound trigger pull, which is incredibly difficult. You almost need a sledgehammer uh, to pull the trigger. That's one thing about NYPD that I know. The other thing about NYPD that I know is they're nobody to mess with. Okay? Uh, They're not as bad or as violent as what I've seen as the uh, New Orleans police during Mardi Gras. Now, those are guys you really want to stay away from. They don't take any prisoners at all. But the NYPD, they have a little sense of humor. Um, They are totally committed to what they're doing. Uh, It's generally been in their family. Um, They uh, have all the equipment they need. even though some of the equipment's been modified to kind of put them on uh, some sort of restraint, which they don't need. So when these people are uh, hollering at the NYPD in this scene, they might as as well be whistling Dixie, as we say, or hollering down a well, because they ain't going to bother the NYPD. NYPD has heard it all. okay. and you can holler at them all you want to. You just don't want to get on their bad side. And when she says that, one says to them, listen, lady, if you don't leave now, we're going to take you on out of here. They mean it. And um, that's a lonely place to be in the back of one of those NYPD uh, vans. And um, then you hear the proprietor of this business come in and say, you know, get out of here. You know, now that's New York. I'm just going to tell you that if you haven't been to New York, you need to go to New York. You'll have a treat. It's a fantastically complicated, enriching, fascinating place. But I get a good close up version of it when I go to the U.S. Open. And I'm chauffeured around by a buddy of mine who knows that city like the back of his hand. And I, I know the NYPD because I take time out to chat with them. And um, they've always been nice and friendly with me. And I don't cross them. And I don't give them any lip. And um, they, by and large, too, the thing that gets me is they're junk food eaters. I mean, they got horrible diets. They're on the run all the time. They're under a lot of stress. Uh, I mean, and driving in New York, uh, you ought to see them. I mean, they'll flip on the blue light just to get through traffic when there's nothing in an emergency for them to go to. That's how bad it is in New York City. Let's run that one more time for these guys to see. Um, You're going to see, uh, and I'm getting confirmation that I'm right on this um, trigger pull. That's why there are more errant shots there in an NYPD because of the way you got to pull that trigger. You move the sight and you're off your target. Let's run it again, production. She just paid for saying that she can't serve, otherwise if you're not going to pay for you know, you have the, uh, the card, we I know no. so but you don't have it, then you're going to have to leave. And if not, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going right now. No, no, we've had a You're not going to stay here. Okay. You have okay? Alright? came in with jacket? have to okay. right. Wow. Right. Well, scaring a child, traumatizing a child. Hope you feel good about yourself, NYPD. This is disgusting. This is gross. You guys failed us last night. You failed us last night. You all failed us, we're here for you and your kids. Disgraceful. You failed. You failed yourself, NYPD, you failed yourself. Is this what you signed up for? Is this what justice looks like for you? Is this what you dreamed of when you wanted to be a cop? You're yes, to you to You're to you You're used to to so You're yourself to all right. So unless you have vaccination cards, all right, you have to exit to the uh, restaurant. All right. If you leave voluntarily, all right, you will not be pressed. There not charges pressed against you. Otherwise, you will be arrested for trespass. All right. This will be your only warning. Please. Yeah, a child, a child crying is funny, right, for you? Crying all right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files, Professor Ward Scott here, and this is interesting to me because it does illustrate, and I'm looking at the comments here on the uh, Facebook chat, it illustrates to me that there is some truth to the difference in attitudes between a Republican-controlled government and Democratic-controlled government. The Democratic-controlled government uh, seems to be uh, all for you know heavy-handed federal behavior or government behavior, which is what you see here in this Democratic New York City. Uh, The NYPD taking their orders from uh, the the, uh, New York political system and uh, the individuals being removed from the place are noncompliant and are not uh, 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 getting in step and staying in step. And for those who are concerned about this, all you need to do is uh, listen to the article from AP uh, just picked up uh, by Zen Su and Hung Song Wu uh, talking about the end of democracy in Hong Kong, which has happened rather quietly um uh here in the last few days of 2021 uh on wednesday which is just yesterday a a vocal pro democracy media outlet which is one of the last critically voices in the city of hong kong was closed after a police raid now for those of you who are watching this and and objecting to it i'm sure you think of this as a police raid uh, by a liberal government which is uh to say a communist government if you will and borrow this analogy, which is what's happened in Hong Kong. And we have no, uh, we have nothing, we've had nothing to say about it under Biden. Um, the, uh, again and again, throughout this last year, according to the AP article by these, uh, these uh, Chinese writers, is the, the, the city's authorities and the central government has stamped out nearly everything pro-democracy has stood for. So the activists in that city have fled or they've been locked up under the uh, national security law, which was imposed on the city 18 months ago. Um, uh, we, Hong Kong once allowed open opposition and questioning of the government's core policies and legitimacy. I mean, it's a, it's a last vestige of British influence there. And um, when uh, the British colony was considered this bastion of freedom, um, uh, it was returned to China in 1997, and everybody realized that was going to be uh, Katie, Bar the door. Hong Kong has since endured an overhaul of its political system. For those of you who are looking at this and objecting to the intrusion of the NYPD, don't blame the NYPD. They're taking their orders from the city government. Um, and I can tell you that those guys that I know who are NYPD cops, even the ones living here amongst us in Gainesville, and there are several, are good guys. I mean, they're just, they're tough guys. Now, don't get me wrong. They're tough guys. I mean, they have been in One of the most difficult places of all police, and that's New York City. And they are not rocked easily. You don't get them upset very easily. Um, I'm very, very, they're very good friends. And uh, they'll stick with you. And they, as as I say, the the ones I know have come from a family of New York cops. So uh, just Wednesday, there was a raid by the Hong Kong police uh, on a pro-democracy news outlet called Stand News. Uh, They arrested the people there um, uh, and hauled the afternoons operations and shut it down. So um, there's there's a a dearth of critical information being published. I run this tape uh, just for you to take a look at and make your mind up about. Uh, There's all sorts of issues you can see. Uh, The restaurateur owner gets involved. You hear his voice. He says, you know, get on out of here or we're going to arrest you for trespassing. Um, Did the mother know about this coming in there with her children? Uh, Nobody's going to bother to ask her. Evidently, it's pretty well decreed throughout the city that that's the policy. And you violate it, you run the risk of the punishment. Um, So you can read it all sorts of ways. You can kind of see in it what you want to see or what you need to see or what really is what you should see. So, um, so far, to my knowledge, that hasn't happened here. Um, We've had other kinds of censorship of restaurants. We just covered one where a restaurant put up a menu item called Let's Go Brandon and the liberal left went nuts and we're going to march on that restaurant and shut it down. Only thing they didn't reckon on is they didn't have the cops on their side. Uh, There was nobody in the city of Elantua going to sick the cops on the restaurant tour. Um, The the cops were going to be sicked on the the protesters coming up to try to shut the restaurant down. So um, in Hong Kong though, um, you know, it looks as if it's curtains there for the democracy and the movement and all that business, which um, uh, you may have been familiar with as, as a, keeping an eye on um, events in that part of the world. So um, I just want to put that in there as, as kind of a conclusion to the show. Um, it's been a very interesting show for me. Hopefully, therefore, it's been an interesting show for you, um, because I think there's a lot of things afoot here that are building a lot of tension in our society. So have a great day. Uh, we will have a show tomorrow. It'll be New Year's Eve, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you interested in a little bit, and then we'll wish you some good New Year's cheer. Uh, Warthog Command Center out.